So there's a process here. The, the Bible tells us very clearly in Galatians 6, you that are spiritual go in a manner of meekness to win back somebody, to reconcile them. Unless you don't care about something coming back on you, because that's what this talks about right here in Matthew 7 also, that when we start criticizing people just without, uh, with, without solid evidence or without an uh, opportunity for them to repent, okay, there again, that's the one-on-one -on -one meeting, so they can repent, then what are we doing? We're criticizing their heart, and that's for God to touch, not me, not you, not them. Hello everyone, so glad to have you with us today and let's talk about it tomorrow. Uh, we thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time. I believe this will be valuable to you. We want to talk about a topic right now that is kind of a, it's, at least it's a hot topic with me and evidently it's a hot topic with quite a few people because so many people are involved in one aspect of this or the other. So we're going to talk about the pastors and uh, other ministers online that call out other pastors and ministers online and talk about the way that they're doing things or saying things. And so I've kind of got a little spin on that and I, I want to share that with you. So uh, for the next uh, 12, 15, 20 minutes, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, please feel free to make any notes you want to and contact us after this is done and let us know what you think. Uh, we're very much uh, ears open, eyes open, and hearts open to what people have to say. So you can contact us uh, anytime uh, at either uh, talk w l t a l t at gmail.com. Did I get that one right? Okay, it's on the screen. Ministers calling out others by name. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, and I think we need to talk about this for a few minutes, because it's one of those subjects that uh, people are not very clear on, speaking from a biblical perspective. And I don't care if you're a Christian or an atheist or a Hindu or Muslim, whatever you are, uh, people use this verse a lot. Judge others. Don't judge others. Don't judge others that you be not judged. And that's quoted a lot by Christians and non-Christians. And what we want to do is talk about that, first of all, for a few minutes, because that is not a, an accurate statement according to the Bible. Now, the Bible does say, Jesus said Himself, judge with righteous judgment. John 7, 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Uh, that's the King James, uh, the NIV says, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. Uh, but here's uh, here in Matthew 7, I think is where the talking part really comes from. Do not judge or you too will be judged. And everybody stops right there. Yeah. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Well, for in the measure, in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? In other words, why look at somebody's toothpick stuck in their eye when there's a telephone pole sticking out of your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Let uh, You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Oh, so he's not telling us not to judge. He's telling us how to judge. And that's an important difference. You know, we all make judgments all day long, you know. Vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream or strawberry or whatever else you want, you know. Whatever it is, you make judgments and you need to make judgments. It would be a real miserable world if you couldn't. What we're talking about here is how do you say something about somebody else? Well, first of all, we judge not the person, we judge the behavior. That's the one thing we can look at or the fruit of whatever they're saying or doing. Um, but Jesus comes back in John 13, 34. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you. You must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if, if, if you love one another. So how do we sort this out by loving people and by judging people and how we judge them? You know, what would you think if I said, if you're a Christian, you're not a disciple of Jesus. Whose disciple are you anyway? Qualify, tell me, what, where'd you come from? Did you get off the last turnip load of truck? Truck load of turnips? Truck with a bunch of turnips on it. The reality of, of it is, is we need to look at this. And we need to look when we start talking about calling somebody out publicly without ever talking to the person that we're talking about by name. Okay, let's say, uh, well, you know, uh, I read the Bible and uh, Paul called out people. Yes, he sure did. He called them out and he said something about them to the church, not to the world. He did not call them out in an open forum, in an outdoor assembly of people that he was preaching the gospel to. It's the first time that they've ever heard it. He was calling them out to the church that they were associated with. There's a big difference on that. I'm sure you can see that. Lots of difference. And, you know, I heard somebody the other day, and uh, the person that was saying this uh, is, is a well-known and somebody that I personally respect as a minister of the gospel. But he was calling out people by name and saying that because people were listening to them, most of them would go to hell. Now, that's taking a few words out of his message, but it was 10 minutes taken out that I was listening to. It wasn't like a word here and a word there. In other words, there's a pretty good uh, forward and backward of that so you can get the real setting of it. I wonder if he would do the same thing to the people he was calling out by name because this video didn't show that. It just showed parts of sentences that people said. Now, at the same time, you know, you, I, anybody can say something in a sentence or a part of a sentence, and it's not necessarily even true because you have to say, what is the 
background of this? What are we leading to? What's the subject? What's been said before? What's going to be said after it? Is there going to be a qualification? We'd like just to slice it and dice it so we can prove what we want to prove. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody is a little jealous of these other people because they're large ministries. Maybe there's a lot of other things that I could think about, but I don't really know that much about. I do know that when we're starting doing something like this, it's not biblical because the Bible says if you have a fault with someone, you go to them. You go to them directly and talk to them. See, I can win over a brother when I'm talking to him personally or I can change me when I'm talking to him personally because I want to hear the whole thing. Uh, Stephen Covey said a long time ago that communication is mutual understanding. So if I've got to sit down with somebody, I'm going to have mutual understanding, hopefully. If, I, if I'm there with an open mind, they're there with an open mind, we can talk to each other like human beings. We're meant to talk to each other. And I can find out where they are, what they're saying, how they're qualifying what they're saying. They can do the same with me. And we may leave that they both they agree with me, or I may leave and agree with them, or maybe somewhere 50-50 or something. The point of it is... You don't just call somebody out by name and broadcast it to the whole world on some kind of a a production, whether it be a podcast or a sermon message that you deliver to the world, and, and just leave it at that. They'll probably never even hear it anyway. The truth of the matter is we go to that person individually. And then if we're sure of what we think and they agree that what we think is what they're saying and it's wrong, we take somebody else with them. And, and then we go to the church. So there's a process here. The, the Bible tells us very clearly in Galatians 6, you that are spiritual go in a manner of meekness to win back somebody, to reconcile them. Unless you don't care about something coming back on you, because that's what this talks about right here in Matthew 7 also, that when we start criticizing people just without... Uh, with, without solid evidence or without an uh, opportunity for them to repent, okay, there again, that's the one-on-one meeting, so they can repent, then what are we doing? We're criticizing their heart, and that's for God to touch, not me, not you, not them. So let's do this like a witness of the church of Jesus Christ to the world and to each other. It's the right thing to do. One of my favorite one-liners is, the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Yeah, maybe that's too deep for somebody, I don't know. Anyway, what I would like to say about this is, the people that in this particular clip, and there's a lot of them out there, if you've been on YouTube, you've seen a lot of different people say about it. The guy that's actually pointing the finger at somebody else, I tend to agree with him more than I do the one he's pointing the finger at. I like his method of salvation. I like how he goes into detail of some things. I like a lot of what he says. And I think that he's got something to be able to share with people, but you share with people where they are listening, not where other people are listening. In other words, if if I know somebody that's saying something wrong, I go to them, I don't go to somebody over here and tell them, what good does that do? Are you with me there? So... We can do this like Christians, like a Bible, uh, the Bible says, or we can do it like some people that just want to 
shout louder than somebody else and prove that they're wrong and I'm right and I'm spiritual and you're not spiritual, I am. You know, I know what's going on here. You're going to send people to hell. No, people choose hell because they don't choose God. They don't choose what Jesus did on the cross. And that's the ultimate thing that we're trying to do is to get people to realize the fact that eternity is very long, this life is very short, and we have an opportunity in this life to prepare for the next one. And the most important thing we can do is to choose Jesus now and to be able to walk with Him in this life that we'll just pass right through the door. Some people call it death. I call it passing through the door into life eternal with God. But if you don't want Him in this life now, you're not going to want Him in the next life. He won't force you to join Him in heaven if you don't love Him and don't want to be with Him. Psalms 133, chapter, uh, chapter 133, verse 1. How good and how pleasant it is it when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. That's the anointing oil that he was being anointed with. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life forevermore. Oh my goodness. God wants us to live, work, talk, discuss things together. He wants to see unity, agreement coming together. You know, if you put all these people, the person that was calling those out by name and the five or six that he called out by name, in the same room, there would be a lot that they would agree on. I mean a lot. At the same time, the way it was presented, it looks like it's one against five or six. And he's the one that knows it and they don't know squat. That's sad. Jesus Christ is building what he calls his bride, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And he wants it to be a spot-free and glorious bride. He wants to do something big in your life and in my life in every person's life on this earth, regardless of where they stand right now. He wants to be able to save them, to bring them to him, and to show them the enjoyment of the life in Jesus Christ, the new creation that he talked about in the Bible. And he doesn't get nearly the opportunity to do that with some of us that go around saying some of the stuff that we say. Our words are meaning. They have meaning. And they mean things when we talk to others. That somebody may, you know, really like you and acknowledge you as somebody they can talk to. And if you say, blah, 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 then that automatically makes them side with you because they think you're right and somebody else is wrong. Why don't we pull things together? Why don't we pull the Baptists, the Methodists, Presbyterians, the Lutherans, Episcopalians, Presbyterians together on what they believe on? You know? I can even believe with some people that aren't Christians in a lot of areas like abortion, for instance. Uh, I know that there are people in, that are not Christians that don't believe in abortion. And that's something I can, you know, be in agreement with. That's good. So let's be in agreement on that issue and everything else. You go your way, I go mine. At least we have a basis to operate from, a basis to come from, a basis to be able 
to go forth in life from. So I want you to think about these things if you would. Uh, look up the biblical references if you want to. Uh, let's, let's know what we're doing in life. It's too valuable to just walk past it and miss the goodness that God has for us. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone listening to this podcast. I pray that you would enlighten them, bring forth your word with demonstration and power each day of their life. Put them in connections with other people that would help encourage and lift them up. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, see you next time around the podcast. Same time next Saturday. See you then.